shit 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 show it's a fucking shit show shit all right y'all welcome back to shit show saturday we have shit show josh in the hizzy welcome hey great to be here thanks andrea happy to have you in seattle that's right and uh i think you're in florida right so there's probably beautiful sunshine and we haven't seen the sun for a whole lot of months and when it comes out everybody just stands out in the street with their arms open and absorb the vitamin d <laughs> that's how we that's how we roll here so what song do you want played when you walk into a room so um it's gonna have to be rage against the machine bulls on parade kind of my that's kind of my generation and that's kind of what's going on in my head quite a bit so and that's that's (laughs) that's a little bit more on the the mild version too I think I scare my kids with some of the music I listen to they're like dad like man like you're messed up like yeah seriously (laughs) you okay dad like man so yeah yeah bulls on parade I love it (laughs) um okay carb Carb has got to be, well, lately, and I think favorite is uh, really a good, authentic Italian pizza where you've got like Naples style, like where you got kind of the thin crust, it's chewy, and you don't need a lot of toppings. Mm -hmm. Um, Our our whole family, we took our boys to Italy right before COVID, and we went total like budget, um, you know, suitcase, just took public transportation, and we, we wanted to have pizza in Naples. And it was like at the dock at like, you know, the shipping area, there's like cranes and stuff. We found this great little spot and we were all just like in a little, little spot of heaven and just each had our own pizza. And it was like, you know, flatbread with olive oil, maybe some, some spices and then like lemon. Mm -hmm. And it was just, that's it. Oh, I'm getting hungry right now. (laughs) Yeah. I like it chewy. I like that you said the Mm -hmm, chew mm -hmm. part because I don't like it when it's too crispy. It needs to have a little bit of a, a little bit of a chew exactly exactly yeah and a lot of we're family we're a bit uh, gluten-free more for preference just kind of overall health we feel better and when we go to europe you know it's actually like real food you're eating and so we can dive into that um that italian flour yeah so good stuff that's good to know okay cheese cheese um there's a is it creamery dairy um in in oregon called tillamook and i don't know how how far they they um distribute but they have a um they're here are they okay awesome they they have the bag cheese yeah okay awesome yeah it's a beautiful you're like along the the oregon coast and then all of a sudden boom here's this great uh great place where they're making it and so it's probably colby jack or i I love the um like a someone when there's like jalapeno a little bit cheddar so um and i love that their slices are like easy to grab it's almost dangerous right like the little paper in between each slice you're just like throwing them back but yeah really good stuff shout out bag cheese to tommy bahama i want to start making purses with like the the cheese bags (laughs) (laughs) watch out it's gonna happen it's gonna happen uh condiment i love hot sauce got a little tray in my in my refrigerator we pull it out just for different foods different occasions but kind of the real hot sauces there's the kind that are kind of what I would call novelty they're like super hot they got like a logo of like a donkey with fire coming yeah, out of, out of, out of yeah, its butt yeah I'm ass. like I, I can do without those but just some good authentic um Tabasco uh, Cholula things like that what would you would you pick Tabasco over Cholula um well, there's just certain things I like Tabasco on, like eggs or pizza, <clears throat> and Cholula is more like, um, I don't know, like more 
true Mexican food, like, you know, good street tacos, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So how did you find out you were an adult child? Yeah. So um, kind of it's figuring out that I'm an adult, adult child and then kind of finding ACA for dysfunctional families were kind of related. Um, and so adult child, I think I have to step back real quick. So I've always been having to deal with, okay, what do I do with my emotions? Um, a lot of issues, not understanding, not being able to really grapple with them. And I was at a retreat with, with, you know, it was a couple's retreat. My wife and I were, we were with some friends and they had, um, therapist counselor, he and his wife were just walking us through some exercises. And I always just thought like, Hey, I got, I got emotions. I got to figure out how to deal with them, but I really never made the connection that it's Mm -hmm. going back to what was going on between like negative one and five. Mm -hmm. I always kind of knew like family of origin, um, different things like that. But, uh, you know, it kind of was the first time it really clicked like, wow, I've been trying to manage emotions, but I got to get into like, again, what's been happening way early. And so something that came out of that was, you know, Hey, Josh, like you might want to go through uh, a workbook and it's called um, the voice of the heart. And it really just looks at emotions. And I'm like, okay, once again, I'm going to kind of go through how do I manage? How do I get my hands on and deal with emotions? And I think I was going through, it was the motion of sadness and I got wrecked literally around the concept of growing up in a very fractured family. I mean, my parents were split, a lot of chaos, a lot going on. And so I kind of thought those things were the big issue, but I'm looking at sadness and going through some questions, kind of self-evaluations. And I just got wrecked around sadness about in my fractured, chaotic family, I have an older brother who's five years older and I never realized how lonely and how much I longed for, for his help and support and just mm-hmm. being afraid and just really wanting him and not just thinking about that, but really at that moment, just seeing a picture of me as seven, eight, nine year old kid, like distinct, like can very clearly just see what I'm wearing and where I'm sitting and so like literally seeing like young six, seven, eight year old Josh longing for, you know, attention and connection with um, older brother. And so just going through that workbook with a few friends, a few other guys, I'm like, okay, I need more help. This is dangerous. I, I, I'm dabbling with this workbook. I'm getting wrecked. Okay. I need to go get help. And so um, the organization behind this is called Tin Man, kind of alluding to like Wizard of Oz, the Tin Man doesn't know his emotions. He has no heart. And I started working with a coach, um, wasn't a therapist, but he was working his way as kind of a, um, working his way to be a therapist. And as I'm digging in, he really started with, yeah, let's look at that very young age. And, um, you know, I started realizing like, wow, like all this stuff, looking at my, um, younger years, like fear, sadness, loneliness, and how that is what leads to where I'm at today. I'm almost 50 and I'm still figuring this stuff out. And so he is then after about three months, so weekly for three months, it was brutal. I mean, I'm getting wrecked every Thursday morning. I'm just like, I can't do this, but it was so good. He, he brought up this concept of, you know, um, ACA and he kind of held up during the session, you know, the workbook with the tree on it. Right. <clears throat> and I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like child of, you know, adult child of alcoholics, like my, my parents didn't have there really wasn't any um, substance abuse in my family is actually mental illness and just a lot of craziness. And so he just started to break down like, Hey, Josh, we just walked through all these aspects of your childhood. And 
look at how it's the same as anybody dealing with, you know, alcoholism, substance abuse or anything else. And so that's what got me into um, going through the 12 steps um, that this is about three years ago, I think three, four years ago. And I'm only at step, I've gone through step three, I'm too scared. I'm not ready to do step four. It's brutal, but um, super, super helpful. And I think just knowing I need that kind of authentic, honest, open community that, that ACA has, mm-hmm. I've tried to do, um, you know, find groups online. I've tried to find actual live groups, very difficult. And really the, the how I stumbled across, you know, adult child with, with your, your monster that you've created, um, yes. a very good monster is I'm like, okay, I, I got to find a local group. It sucks. Cause you got to go to different places. You never know what they're going to be like. I had my big red book and I'm like, I want a PDF version of this. I just need something. And I'm searching and this is crazy, Andrea. Like I searched on Kindle. Can I just get the, the ACA, the big red book? Nothing really came up, but your podcast actually came up somehow. On Kindle? I love well, it. Well, it, it was, yeah, like somehow, and I don't listen to any podcasts. I'm like, I just, that's, I listen to audiobooks, but not podcasts. And so, you know, I, I looked at, I looked at the, um, the podcast, I'm like, okay, whatever. And then I saw some of the titles and I just knew right away, like, okay, this is an honest, open, not just being free to express really what's going on, but just like serious topics. And I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta jump in on this. And, um, and then, yeah, a couple, couple sessions with the community, just seriously humbled, seriously, um, thankful, um, for the folks there. And yeah, like, two times in the community and then I'm getting a call from you like hey let's do <laughs> this so, though that's what we um, do yeah yeah so um yeah it's so hard to find in-person meetings and even if you find them they might be shit <laughs> had you been exposed to the 12 steps before I had I had friends that I was actually walking through with them and I didn't really understand fully as like a participant but I really saw how they were growing. And I was kind of a part of just, even though I didn't understand exactly, I didn't understand substance, uh, you know, being, you know, addicted or anything. Uh, I did walk through with them. And then I, I just saw the impact. I'm like, this is amazing. Like this person is really growing. So that was, that was my only experience until about that three, three or four years ago um, with the story that I just told. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. So tell me about your childhood. Yeah. Um, so you have one brother. Do you have any other siblings? So yeah, like I tell people when I tell my story, I need like a whiteboard, like a lot of people I need to like, or like one of those serial killer, like strings and tacks. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> parents, parents were divorced when I was five. And I think what's interesting is we say that like, oh, no big deal. Let's just move on. But that's obviously a huge thing. Yeah. Um, parents were divorced when I was five. And it really just created like what I call just kind of two branches of dysfunction in very different ways. And so you have memories uh, of them being together. Um, I have, I have a memory of moving in with, um, I guess my mom and I moving in with one of her friends and I have a picture of my dad helping move us in mm. and walking you know, and leaving. That's probably when I was about four. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so <clears throat> how to continue here. So with, on my dad's side, um, there's a lot of dysfunction, uh, mental illness that just wasn't managed. And so, um, a lot of chaos. And so a lot of neglect things that I said, well, like, ah, it's not a big deal. I just, you know, my parents kind of left me alone for a while, not a big deal. Um, but to look back and really look at it, it was 
serious neglect that is just as bad as like in my mind what's like quote unquote bad and so um because my dad was so jacked up just not able to even handle himself so massive mania like he'd be gone and um honestly like leave me alone or to protect me i believe you know hey it's being locked into a, a closet or a bathroom for a weekend or he he worked as an hvac contractor he'd go into big high-rise buildings and if i was with him it'd be like hey you know josh i'm putting you in this you know this conference room i don't know when the hell he was coming back um and you know it, it that just the, there was so much fear and and i was so scared and so lonely and it's really only until recently that i'm able to tell my story attaching those emotions to it sure. just they weren't just events but um and i think you know being alone having to just white knuckle as a very young child i think uh, an incident that i think captures how i had to survive is five maybe five years old i couldn't even reach the uh the stovetop but no food didn't know where anybody was i'm little pull up a, a chair you know one of those roller you know office desk chairs boil some water get the noodles ready try to try to cook food as I'm pouring the hot water, you know, it, the chair goes out and my entire arm just gets completely burned and no one was there five-year-old trying to, trying to deal with it. But like to make it even better, my dad, who of course is like not with it at all, finally shows up. And instead of, Hey Josh, like, dang, like we got to take care of you. Let's take care of you. Instead. He's like, Hey, jump in the Vita bus. We're going to go to the lake in the middle of Nevada and jump in the water and go to the beach. And so here I've got like literally a, a second degree burn and again just no help nothing and then from there going being dropped back off to my mom and my my stepdad and like I don't remember them even like addressing it like freaking you're not going to be with your dad ever because he almost killed you he tortured you basically um so those things are just like ingrained in my in my psyche that I don't need help I don't need to express myself no one's doing anything for me and that's just kind of built that callus and that's where i started seeing that coming out as i was older so um so yeah that's on my dad's side it was um kind of that very intense neglect being hurt um kind of i mean i can't imagine as a five-year-old being hungry having to go outside and walk around to get food i mean are you fucking kidding me like if 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 i knew somebody who let their five or six-year-old do that like that's what gets me there's mm -hmm. that rage there's that rage and so um so that's one fun branch of the family um and then the other branch is my mom remarried and my stepdad really became like a i think a really helpful father figure he's very caring um but as i grew just kind of realized um you know I have two two younger brothers uh two uh stepbrothers from uh from that marriage uh, and they're still married, um, but realizing, I think he, uh, my stepdad marrying my mom and taking on my older brother and I, I think it was to deal with a lot of the junk that was in his past. It was kind of that coming to the rescue. And then like years, you know, realizing that he's a total narcissist, very toxic, very subtle abuse over the long run, that like slow grind. Mm -hmm. and, and that's where I, I realized just within the last probably eight or nine years, like I took on this role of being the emotional support for my mom, mm -hmm. fighting for her. <clears throat> and so, you know, my stepdad would kind of pit us together and just do all these crazy things. And so it's this kind of this subtle, subtle narcissism on the one side and very, very overt being hurt, being locked in a closet, mm -hmm. being hungry and not fed. 
um, and those two sides. And I think what's interesting is I've, I've actually been able to kind of reconcile and kind of create some resolution and understanding with my real dad, even though some people would say, well, that's like super more violent or more intense or whatever. And then the other side is just crazy. Like, I don't see, I haven't talked to my mom or my stepdad um, in nine years. It's just too much. And I've got to like protect my wife. I've got to protect my boys. And so, um, yeah, that's Jeez, it's that insidious shit. It's really fucking toxic. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. Trying to grapple with that. And like everybody says, like, you know, you think like, well, it's not that bad, you know, someone always has it worse, but yeah, it's that slow grind and the impact as I'm like stuck with issues with my mom, realizing that 10, 15 years of my marriage, that's been really just really creating PTSD for my wife, mm. you know, and just realizing the impact um, on an entire, uh, your entire family. What has, what has that no contact process been like for you? Well, I have to say that things really blew up when I started to realize the extent of the abuse and I started realizing. Was there like an aha moment? Yeah. Like my, my stepdad, you know, very toxic, subtle comments and, um, you know, things that you wouldn't think of just kind of just getting in there, just getting in there with me that I would just fight and I would just blow him off and I would just get upset. But when it starts hitting my kids and my wife. Once I realized, like my dad sent texts to the family and there was comments, uh, you know, some things referenced to my wife and, you know, I'm sitting in the car and I look over and she gets her text. And then I see this look on her face. Like mm. I, I seriously thought like her mom just died. Mm. And then she tells me, oh yeah, your dad just sent another text. And I, I lost it. I blew up, um, instantly created boundaries if i did at that time try to really re rebuild a few things it, it just got even worse um you know i went through the boundaries book i realized a lot of stuff that i probably should have looked into years before and i think to sum it up like as i've tried to like open the door a little bit mm -hmm. it's have it has to be when i'm protecting my wife and my boys and i my heart breaks like i get choked up thinking that my kids just they don't have grandparents you know, they look at our friends that are older and that's kind of their, their role model and they're, they've, they've lost that, but I just have to protect them. But, um, anyway, I guess what I was going to say is we try to open the door to, Hey, maybe not, now, maybe it's time, but then boom, it becomes very clear that it's just not the right time. And, um, and I, there's a song, um, I can't remember the band. Um, I think it's jets overhead. Um, they say, it's not up to me to be what you need. And I just have that, that mantra. Mm -hmm. It's not up to me to be what you need. There's so many needs there's so many desires and there's just this like clinging, but that's not my responsibility. That's kind of where I'm at with my parents. I don't know if I'm ever going to have, you know, contact, but what, what okay. I think is, is going to be a driver is like my oldest son, just, just at Easter, he told my wife, he's like, man, you guys are going to have to get some, get to some resolution here. You're your guys are going to have to work stuff out. And so that's where I think your kids can. Hmm. kind of play a role that you don't Do really they have a relationship with their grandparents at all does he no 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 um what about your brother yeah so i think of all my siblings um I, he's the only one that i have kept in touch with and he's kind of the mediator he kind of plays this role um and so we we've been able to connect but my siblings are so enmeshed and they're just like so connected to my my stepdad and my mom 
Um, my older brother at a time was, was able to be kind of objective and distant. And I think that's kind of, I think I've like exceeded the, the time limit. And now I think he sees me as like, dude, you've just burned this whole family. Mm. And so, um, but I could definitely like right now I give him a call. I can go visit him. He's in Southern California, but, um, yeah, honestly, like he's the only family that I've been able to keep in touch with. Uh huh. And so now as you reflect back like young adulthood and kind of what brought you to the moment where you realize that you were an adult child like what are what are the various ways you can see that your your childhood impacted your life negatively yeah i think in talking to other people what happens is when your when your kids are the age or turn the age uh-huh. that, that you were when you've experienced trauma uh-huh. right like like that just that just comes up and um things like hey if i'm if i'm longing for the attention and affection of my older brother no wonder like when my oldest my oldest son treats my youngest like crap dude i freaking i snap and i'm like mm-hmm. where's that coming from mm-hmm. or if if my boys like disrespect their mom i like flip out and my wife's like josh let me deal with it like you don't need to be guarding me all the time and that's like stuff that was that's eight-year-old ten-year-old josh trying to protect and you know emotionally connect and be the savior for for my you know for my mom that wasn't getting any attention um and i think just uh not being able to name and deal with emotions. It's just, it's the anger and the snapping. And, you know, I was, you know, I was definitely very intense, very loud with my kids and the, your oldest, it kind of, he kind of just takes the oldest kids sometimes take the brunt because you're not healthy. You don't know. And so um, a lot of anger, you know, a lot of just being intense, grabbing, grabbing shoulders, you know, you know, whether it's swatting his butt or whatever. And I'm like, I look at that. And I'm like, man, that stuff was coming out and I got to, I got to manage it. Thank God. I'm like at a point where not only can I name emotions, like my emotions were like pissed, you know, frustrated. And then like, okay, just whatever else, <laughs> <There's those three. laughs> right? Like there's something else. Um, but now I'd be able to name those. It just diffuses that stress and it creates communication. Um, and so, uh, and the second thing there is it took me until, you know, just up until the last few years of being able to actually, like my muscles didn't even work to say like, I need help. <laughs> like my, like physiologically, like the nerves didn't connect to my muscles. And so now I'm like, I just need help. Mm-hmm. So whether it's with my kids or with my wife or, um, other people around me, that's just like been a game changer. Mm-hmm. I don't well, know if that answered your question. It, it absolutely <laughs> did. What, um, has as of through this has your wife examined her past at all through this through the work that you've been doing yeah like what's interesting is she is a an actual you know adult child of an alcoholic her dad was an alcoholic and so it's created this very interesting um dynamic because you know she's been great at just working through stuff she's got a great support system but it, it kind of isn't through like the official ACA type stuff i mean there's definitely she does with friends and and other support you know story work and looking at things and and but um it's challenging because you know it's she's had to play that caregiver role for me mm-hmm. and um you know it, you know i mentioned mental illness i don't think i mentioned it but like for me like you know diagnosed bipolar about eight eight years ago mm-hmm. adhd sensory integration issues and it's like no wonder there was so much pain and frustration so 
Um, she's had to deal with that. And honestly, like we've, we've talked that she's probably going to have to deal more with the PTSD of, you know, 15, Mm -hmm. 20 years of dealing and trying to work with me. Um, and so that's, that's been the ride there, but at the same time, um, you know, she's been my biggest support, you know, like she, she's in healthcare, she's an, she's an occupational therapist and she knew, she knew that I had, you know, some challenges meant, you know, especially with my family history, family history is just like straight down the line with mental illness and bipolar. And so, um, taking care of me now, it's like probably, okay, that impact of having to do that, plus just the impact of me on her and the rest of the family is she's, she's working through that and, and has amazing friends, um, great support. Including like getting the mental illness diagnoses as well as the adult child stuff. How have you guys navigated those conversations with your kids? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, or a little bit older, but yeah, know. yeah, yeah. They definitely know and they're aware of mental illness. They know, they know my situation. They know my dad's situation. And I think they have a healthy view of, yeah, it's a challenge. And they also have, I think have a very healthy view of people that struggle, you know? Um, and so it, I think it's easier to talk through um, kind of that genetic, just that, that, that thing that happens just that where you have this disability really, and you have this illness, the adult child stuff is, I think it's harder because like, Hey, why can't we be with our grandparents? Why can't you forgive? Why can't, you know, how, why can't you just move on? And so, um, it can be harder, but I think just, I I mean, just the two are very hard for me. Like, how do you, it's the nature nurture thing, right? Like my bottom was, I think first with the, the, the pride and the, the stubbornness of not admitting that I need help. And Mm -hmm. it's, I didn't want to face the fact that I'm like my dad, that I need to take the exact same medication as my father. Like that was the resistance, but that resistance came from upbringing of, I mean, what's the laundry list, you know, it's like stuffing your emotions, denying like your needs. So that was a bottom. And then it was later with, um, I think just realizing because of stuff from negative one to five years old, mm-hmm there's another, you know, bottom of, okay, same thing. I, I, I need help. I, I, I'm not sufficient. It's, it's the step one, you know, like I I'm completely out of control. And for somebody that's got pride and like North American male, like, (laughs) you know, it's, I'm driven, I'm successful, whatever to say, I'm nothing. I'm on my back helpless. Mm -hmm. Has, has there been like a, a pivotal, like when you look back over the past three years, was there a moment where you're like, oh shit, like I am changing? Oh yeah. I think um just being able to name emotions, um, you know, especially for me, it was fear. I, I still don't I never have known what that means. And so I'm still growing and I'm realizing that um, you know, that's that's what I'm grappling with. But more the more I grapple and try to name it, I see it in my body, you know, um, I, my my fists ball up when I sleep. And I'm like, I got to relax those or I'm just different things in my body, I got to watch for, but being able to name it and go, it's not about how do I manage my emotion? It's about acknowledging that I'm not that five year old kid anymore. And, and mm-hmm. a breakthrough for my wife and I has been like, in, like, it's just a constant, it was a constant battle, like, Josh, I don't know what's going on with you. I, I'm scared. I don't know what you're doing. What is in your head? What are you feeling? Hearing that it's like, makes it worse versus mm-hmm. her being able to say, Hey, Josh, you're not five. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're not that kid. And then hearing that it's like, whole different dynamic. And so I think that's where truly like the adult child 
concept can be something very practical that can just be moment by moment, um, you know, uh, applicable. And so those are some moments there that have been really good. That's huge. So are you, do you still work with that coach? Are you in therapy or what? No, there's, it's, um, it's super hard for me. I have a hard time with like weekly therapy. In fact, when I first engaged with them, I'm like, Hey, do you guys, I knew they had like a week long. It was like a four or five day intensive. Like, I'm like dude, let's bang yeah, dude, come on, let's just do this thing. And they're like, Nope, you're doing, you're doing three months. <laughs> um, I, I have another friend who did a couple friends that actually did their intensives. And then as they, as they've talked about it, I'm like, Oh man, it's so scary. But I'm like, Oh, that would be so good. So Right now, it's mostly kind of just friends and others that have gone through um, kind of that uh, that process of naming emotions. Um, That's awesome. The voice of the heart. But I probably having, you know, friends that have gone through some more of those intensives. I think that's going to be maybe even part of step four, you know, that fearless inventory uh, that I might have to just completely get away and like Bang. deal, deal, face that. Mm-hmm. It's scary indeed. Okay. So give me three things that you like about yourself. Um, I love the fact that I'm creative. It's a therapy for me. I love to do artwork and I love to create things, especially with my kids. I love that that kind of brings joy for people. Um, yeah, I love that. I like about myself is that I, I want to help. I want to encourage people, um, wherever they're at. That's, I think God's gifted me to be able to do that. I just I love that part of me. Um, and I think, I mean, yeah, it's, it is hard to say, what do I like about myself? But um, yeah, I'm a friend, I'm a husband, um, my boys, I love them. So they love me. So that's, that's good. Were you raised? Um, did your parents have a relationship with a higher power? Oh, yeah, yeah, I grew up, um, I would, I would call kind of very honest and raw Christianity, where it was very safe for you to bring the fact that you've got things that are messed up. And Maybe they weren't actually dealing with them. You could be yourself. My wife and I have continued in that tradition. It's it's Christ, not as church or pastor or congregation, mm -hmm. but steps two and three. It's a surrender. It's a dependence. Mm -hmm. um, and so that as dysfunctional as especially my mom and my stepdad, as dysfunctional as that is, I'm so thankful that they brought like the tough stuff that you just need to be real with and and you know, that's what you bring to, to higher power. Definitely. That's awesome. Okay. Give me a hope or dream for the future. I just, um, my kids are getting older and they're leaving the house. I want to be present with them. I hope as I just, I'm, I'm able to learn from the craziness of, of the last years of them growing up and just to be present, to love them and figure out what my wife and I are going to do once they're out of the house. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're excited about that too. Travel, you know, move into a little condo in, in the you know middle of the city in Seattle or, or who knows. Mm, okay. It's, it's about, it's about family. Definitely. Mm. You're a good dad and you're a good husband. Thanks. So lucky to have you. Well, that wraps up shit show Saturday as always sign up for the Patreon. That is where I host weekly support groups. And it's where you say, thanks Andrea for all that you do. Patreon.com slash adult child. Follow me on TikTok and Instagram at adult child pod and give me a damn five star rating on Apple and Spotify. And I will see y'all shit shows on Wednesday. Bye. Bye.